Lego. Lego. Before we jump into our episode today, I wanted to talk about our sponsor. So you've just purchased the Harry Potter Diagon Alley set and just love the build and the design. But think, what would it look like at night if it was all lit up? Well, with Game of Bricks, you really don't have to imagine it. They made it a reality. Game of Bricks produces custom lighting kits for your favorite Lego set. From the Lamborghini Zion to the Razor Crest to the latest Lego Christmas 2-in-1 wreath set. There are so many options to choose from. They send you a lighting kit and then you slightly adapt the building process so that you can include the lights in your set. They sent me a lighting kit for the Disney Castle and just wow. The level of detail and depth it gives is just stunning. Make your Lego creation a statement piece and stand out on your shelf with a Game of Bricks lighting kit. These can be purchased through their website on gameofbricks.eu and the link will be provided in the description. Give that Lego build the extra pop of light and color it deserves and purchase yourself a lighting kit from Game of Bricks. Hey everybody, welcome back to Brick. Today's designer interview with our very special guest, Nanan. And uh, Nanan, thank you again for coming on the show. Welcome to Back to Brick. Thanks, Gary, for having me. I look forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well, and hopefully our listeners are too. Um, Nanan, could you tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, tell us where you're from, what you like to build. Yeah, so I've been with the uh, LEGO community for 16 years now. I started posting my creations back in 2004. Uh, so I guess you can say I'm kind of a dinosaur in the LEGO community. I've kind of seen the community through all these years and uh, uh, seen a lot of the mocks that people have posted. And it's uh, you know, been a very good community to take part in and share my own creations as well. Yeah, and you, uh, I mean... I don't know if you're a dinosaur. We've had some people on that have been in the community for a very long time, but um, you definitely have uh, made a trip around the block with your builds and the history of uh, the AFOL community. Um, and hopefully we'll get to talk about that a little bit today. Um, and uh, I, I like to always start the interview with, you know, the basic question that I always ask. Um, you know, there's a lot of minifigures out there and some people have sig figs and you know, if you could make your own sig fig, no limitation on what they'd look like or what they could be carrying, what would what would it be? Well, I think it'll just be uh, my plain old self. I actually did that once, uh, you know, several years ago. I had a friend of mine kind of custom uh, print kind of what I would probably look like on a in a minifigure, and then just kind of made the minifigure to look like myself. And uh, you know, back in the day, I didn't appreciate minifigs as much. Um, I used to, you know, have a side hobby of selling all the minifigures that I get from Lego sets to just to uh, fund my hobby. Because back then, uh, I was in college, and uh, you know, Lego costs money, of course. So selling of course. The minifigures <laughs> was a good way for me to to uh, kind of recuperate some of the cost of buying the bricks. So that way, I end up with all the bricks to build my creations and then uh, the collectors, they can buy the minifigs. But you know, now I can have a greater appreciation of the minifig without the diversity of the accessories and everything is that I stopped selling my minifigs. So that's the little history about that. <laughs> well, that's cool. So what, what set do you think made you stop selling them? Was there any particular uh, minifig that you're like, actually, I, I really like this one and I think I'm going to keep it? Yeah, there were, uh, well, I guess, a few in recent years. Um, Lego has really amped up their, their game with 
some of these uh, the Ninjago minifigs. The um, uh, I'm trying to think about the ones that the one that has a uh, fox head with the uh, tails for the cape. I'm trying to remember what her what her name Akita. I think that was the name of the minifigure. It's just such a unique uh, fig that came with the Ice Fortress um, set. That's one of my favorites. And there's a few other good ones out there as well. Um, you know, just Ninjago line has really produced some really unique minifigs. Yeah, it's very off the wall kind of creative because they have the creatures as well as the characters uh, and then the characters in creature costume style. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Ninjago line, but I know it. I, I do give it props. It's very creative, very um, diverse, which is, is definitely cool, especially for the normal age range that they're trying to go for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm surprised the line kind of lasted for you know, about a decade now, you know, back then it was just like another action theme, but, you know, no one, you know, I didn't predict that it would stick around for so many years. And they've even built, you know, Ninjago sets catered towards adults like the Ninjago City. And then there's rumors that another one's going to be coming out um, to add to the block. So that should be a fun uh, set. They do make it. Yeah, I, it's uh, Ninjago City Gardens, correct? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I, I've heard rumors about it as well. I never watched the TV show, so I'm not sure. Was it? I don't know if you have either. If uh, it was me either, represented. Me <laughs> no, I haven't watched the show either. I've seen the movies, you know, but uh, not shows. You know, they're pretty, you know, typical Lego style action comedy. So it's, it's you know, it, the kids must like it. Yeah, it, it must be popular with someone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so as you said, you've, you've been in the community quite a while now. What, what do you think got you started, uh, you know, starting to post your own builds? Yeah, it's a, it's an easy answer. It's seeing the works of other builders. I remember uh, it was kind of my first year of, uh, high school that I, uh, it was summer and I was, you know, just bored of browsing Google and looking at Lego creations. And then I came across, uh, you know, back then websites like mock pages and Brickshelf, And I was seeing all these adult fans create these, you know, gigantic creations. And, you know, being, me being a high schooler, I didn't really have much of a collection. And this was like, wow, that's really amazing. I wish I can do that one day. So I kind of set out to, you know, make that as a go. And uh, eventually throughout college, I built up a collection and that was kind of my hobby during college. So I eventually worked my way to building large dioramas and uh, going to conventions and building things like that. And it uh, really was a, it was a blast kind of going through that journey. Yeah. And, you know, everyone has those really interesting starts because, you know, people are challenged by others like, oh, that's cool, but I think it should be this way. Or it, even just like, oh, someone made that building, but I think this building would be just as cool. And then you decide to do it. It's it's a great challenge because each of us kind of play off each other. Mm -hmm, for sure. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, many years ago, there were these themes that, you know, individual builders created. And I think they're still going on now. Maybe I'm just not as aware, but, uh, you know, people will create a theme and then other builders would build in that theme. And, uh, you know, it's it's really fun to see what other people's take, like you said, are on a particular subject or, you know, uh, given the restriction or subject material, they have to interpret it in their own. And it's fun to see people's uh, creativity on each. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and there are just so many different builds out there, especially all around the world. There's no particular area that is, has more or less. And, um, 
I, I definitely see that you've gone to like conventions and stuff. So you, you've definitely seen how many people are building out here. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, see, my first convention was back in 2008 with Brickworld. And then uh, since then, I've been to the three major conventions in the United States, which is Brickworld, uh, BrickCon, and then uh, Brick Fair. So, uh, you know, they, each convention has their own, you know, uh, uh, demographic and also their own uh, unique culture to it. You know, some, uh, it just happens to be, you know, the case that, for example, Brickworld um, has a lot of train builders, for example, there are, I would say, large train presence. And then at uh, BrickCon, there's, uh, you know, some fair share of space builders. So space always has a good representative uh, turnout at BrickCon. So, you know, every convention has their own unique flavor to it. Um, I haven't been to many, or haven't been to any at all recently because of work-related things, but, uh, you know, in the future, definitely hope to kind of resume that uh, tour of you know, just hopping on an airplane and going to meet all my buddies and you know, see what they're all up to. <laughs> That's awesome. So you've made some really uh, uh, lifelong friends and that you still meet up with? Yeah, so uh, I think one of the best memories is, uh, you know, building with a friend of mine, uh, Tyler Kleitz. So those of you at home, you probably may have known him better as the guy who won the first season of uh, Local Masters, the TV show. So he and I um, were collaborators um, back in the day. I think we put together a total of uh, four collaborations uh, from 2010 to 2012, and we brought each of them to Brickworld. And, uh, you know, it was fun because he lives in Florida. I lived in Texas back then. And uh, we would come up with an idea. We would uh, share our ideas over Skype. And then we would, uh, you know, build our own portions of the uh, diorama. And then we would meet up for a few days and put it together and then fly off to Chicago for the convention and then uh, display our creation there. So that was uh, really, really fun. So you, I mean, you're really uh, at the beginnings of these this style. I mean, they just looking through pictures. I mean, it's not, it wasn't big like it is now, especially for like BrickCon is much bigger um, and BrickFair uh, have grown definitely over the years. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, I think my last convention was 20, 2018 uh, at BrickWorld. And uh, that was exactly a decade uh, since my first convention in Brickworld uh, in 2008. So I remember, you know, back then it was only the second year of Brickworld and they were in, uh, you know, one of the the, uh, the ballrooms in the Renaissance, uh, the Western Hotel, I bet. And then now they moved to a much, much larger convention. It was my first uh, year in the new convention hall and just massive. Like, you know, you have all these uh, display areas and all these vendors, uh, builders, everyone coming together. And, uh, you know, it's really amazing if you've been there kind of from the beginning to see how much the company has grown. It's, it's uh, pretty inspiring to see how much the hobby has grown as well. It definitely has. And especially with more of the pop culture dive that Lego's done in the past 10 years, I think it's becoming almost more mainstream, uh, it, not only in just us as Lego fans, but people who, you know, grew up with Legos, but then just kind of got rid of them. But now see that oh wow there's still a huge uh a huge crowd of people that love them uh and then people go to these fairs and get to see them and support people like you yeah that's absolutely true um lego has really catered toward adult fans um in the past uh you know 15 or so years um i remember uh you know when the first lego modular set 
uh, you know, the Google modular building came out, it was Cafe Corner back in 2006. You know, people were, you know, pretty impressed by it. And then uh, since then, you know, Lego has made all these, uh, you know, sets geared towards AFOs and they're, you know, they keep coming up with more and more where now it's like every month or two, you can expect to see a new, you know, AFO geared set. And these are, you know, really intricate sets, um, you know, both adults and kids love them. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, complex building techniques and things that I always think, well, these are, you know, great creations. They're not just, you know, sets, they're really well designed. So I'm always looking forward to what else Lego comes up with. And, you know, it's just, they're just fun, uh, you know, models to be had. For sure. And, you know, as, as it continues to grow, like we see now, there's an 18 plus range for Lego. So like it, they're really trying to push that adult, like, Hey, like these are great sets. But especially like with the techniques for adults, um, which I, I like, but I hope it like doesn't deter kids from trying. Because I mean, I I'd build sixteen plus sets or whatever it was. I think it was sixteen or fifteen um, when I was like twelve because I just needed a bigger challenge. And hopefully, they don't like uh, think that they're not good enough for that. <laughs> Definitely not the case. And you know, I think kids, as long as they like something, they will. And their parents buy it for them, they will definitely be eager to build it. <laughs> there's, there's no such oh, yeah. thing as a kid not wanting a Lego set because the age on their set is too old for them. <laughs> I can guarantee yeah. you that. <laughs> oh, uh, the Batmobile is 16? Nah, that's okay. I can still do it. I'm eight <laughs> and I can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So, in, in some of your mocks, a lot of them are, you know, we've got smaller scale and larger scale. How, how, would, how do you go about designing or selecting what you'll build? Well, it depends on, on what I want to make. So if it's a small enough creation, I can just start building it right away. If it's a larger creation, I kind of have to plan out things in my head. I am not so literate with computer design uh, and designer software. So really everything is kind of mentally planned. So I kind of figure out, um, you know, what the overall structure will look like and, um, you know, what piece I would need in mass and then either order them or find them in my collection and then just kind of start planning the basic structure. And then after that's done, then you can you know, put on all the adornments and the greebles and all the uh, other um, little details. And so how long do you think that process takes you to, you know, you sit down, say, um, uh, say like a cityscape, if you wanted to build that, how long do you think it'd take you to like outline how you'd like it to look? Uh, it really depends on on the complexity and uh, you know how, the kind of creation that I'm aiming for. So I think the longest one that I spent building was uh, the collaboration that I spent with Tyler. It's called Aurora. It's one of the uh, it's a really colorful um, floating uh, landscape from a fantasy world, and uh, that one kind of sat in my uh, in, in my room kind of for for several years. And I uh, just never really had you know, a chance to work on it because you know, back then I was in medical school and my um, you know, Lego collection was in my parents' house, which was about 30 minutes from my apartment. So on weekends, I would go back to my house and then maybe uh, put on a few pieces to the diorama and then you know, place in order or so and then you know, come back a week or two later and then you know, put some more pieces on it. So that one kind of sat for, for a few years, I remember, until it finally got finished. Um, but then other larger creations, like uh, another one of my collaborations with Tyler, um, you know, it was one of our first ones. That one kind of came together in the course of maybe two to three weeks because we were 
uh, you know, meeting a deadline for the convention and I uh, just wanted to put something together and kind of just had to scramble for it. It turned out okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we liked it. So that's funny. They, um, I was just going to ask, you know, I mean, Tyler went on the show. Uh, were you disappointed you weren't going to be chosen as his partner? Because uh, <laughs> oh, I know. So, <laughs> well, what happened with that was, uh, you know, I was in fellowship at that at the time, which was last year. And, uh, okay. So, so, so there's no way I can take a seven week, uh, you know, vacation from seeing patients <laughs> to go to Los Angeles. So, uh, you know, as much as I wanted to be on the show, and as much as you know, I guess they were reaching out to me as well. And uh, you know, they even told Tyler that I was coming, and Tyler was like, "Oh, so what name are you going to make our team?" I'm like, Did I, t- "I didn't tell them I'm coming. I just told them I'm going to think about it." And by thinking about it. I mean to say I regret not being able to go because of my job. So, <laughs> so watching the show, I mean, I'm really glad he went and he he brought his wife uh, Amy with him, and they ended up winning the show because I think you know they they're very capable builders of uh, you know coming back with first place. And I even told him I was like, well, looking at you know the way things are going, I think you're gonna probably take first place. <laughs> but that was you know uh, he he's one of the best builders out there, hands down. Um, I will be very um, you know, surprise if someone else, you know, tops him, but they were close in the end. So, um, you know, it was, it was a good show all around. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I think I agree. He's, he and his wife are excellent builders. I mean, I've seen him through the years building his, uh, his designs and, and it, it is very impressive. Um, and I'm I'm surprised that they asked. So, did they request for you to come on the show, or did you audition first? I, I'm guessing a little well, bit confused I, on it. You know, yeah. So the process they re, they were reaching out to main builders around the community. Um, you know, through uh, for me, you know, I had several of their recruiters contact me it was through uh, Flickr and Instagram, and um, you know, they just said like, you know, we'd like you to submit an application and uh, you know go from there and. And we talked on the phone with one of them, and I you know, asked about what their commitments are. They told me it's going to be seven weeks. Um, you know, of course, that's assuming if you make it all the way to the end. And um, you know, because of that, I you know I told them I really wanted to be on the show. However, I just cannot spare seven weeks to be away from my job, and uh, unfortunately, that was the, the case. So they they really pushed for me to to be on it, but you know, and I really wanted to be on it as well. But just reality was the you know what it was and i'm sure that was probably the case with a lot of other builders um there are lots of excellent builders in the united states and uh you know but many of them also have full-time jobs so that's you know, mm-hmm. yeah reality sucks uh <laughs> <laughs> yes uh but it's it Honestly, that's a surprise. I didn't know that they were reaching out to the fellow builders for this first season. I thought they would um uh, do like uh, applications or competitions um, to kind of get in, but it, it I guess it does make sense. Yeah, I think once you you know once you put in an application, I think they bring you know certain candidates to Los Angeles. That's what Tyler told me at least. You know, you, you go there, and then once you're there, they have some additional challenges before the show actually starts, just to kind of make sure uh, you know you have a good personality that you're actually you know yeah, I guess going to be worth their screen time. So, so it's not once you turn it into a piece of paper, they'll you know, say, oh, you made it. They have to actually see you in person and make sure, you know, you, you know, you'll look good on TV. 
It is. Uh, you're, yep, you're right. I mean, I guess it is still a reality TV show at some level. So uh, it's um, you have to be a good personality. <laughs> you can't just be mm-hmm. uh, super awkward. Uh, so I'm out, I guess. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, very, very cool. Like, uh, I, I definitely know of your designs as well, you know, browsing through. And I think a lot of other people will as well. Like, um, how how do you feel about, you know, people with your designs? Like, you share them online and at conventions, but when people react to them, I guess, what is your... your um, emotion or feeling to it well i think it's a it's a sense of you know accomplishment because uh i think i i you know once i mentioned somewhere that uh you know i enjoy lego because it's like a combination of you know making art and solving a puzzle because you know you get the gratification of doing both you know you get to figure out you know how to best accomplish this shape how to make the pieces fit and then you also get to exercise your creativity and build whatever you want to so um, you really get a sense of achievement when you finish a creation and just to uh, you know, see people's reaction to it. It's the uh, icing on the cake. Very cool. Um, and I, I think the the community itself is always really nice about it too because, you know, everyone's critical of their own work. And then when you show it to someone, you're like, they're like, wow, this is perfect. And then you realize, well, it's, it's not perfect, but I'm glad you like it. Uh, I know of things that I can fix, but it's nice to have that kind of community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, although I have to mention that in the in the recent years, I, I did notice that the activity in terms of the feedback on people's creations in general uh, have kind of taken a, a down a downfall, um, mostly on Flickr. But I think you know, it's you know, these days people have moved. Um, from you know Flickr to uh, to Instagram in a lot of cases, and you know Instagram is, in my opinion, not as ideal of a place for sharing Lego creations because number one, you can't view the uh, images in higher resolution, and number two, there's uh, not a place to uh, leave notes on the creation, and uh, so I think as a result, people just kind of you know quick fast click through the creations, they look at something they leave a like or uh, you know the equivalent, and they move on to the next one. And uh, I think back in the day when, when Flickr was popular in the community, people uh, stayed on longer. You know, they pointed out small details, they made notes, um, they, they were really engaged with the builder. And then the builder would reply and you know, leave another note saying, oh yeah, that's, how my, you know, that's my design process where I'm glad you noticed this area or whatever. It's, it's very kind of back and forth and I really like that aspect. Uh, when when things were back in the day, uh, nowadays I think it's more of a you know a lot of anonymous viewers, and uh, they were looking at things. They like it, they move on to the next one. They like it, move on to the next one. So you really don't really know what people think about your creations. So it's one of the uh, I guess the the, the downfalls, the inevitable downfalls of uh, <laughs> popularizing the the medium where now everyone knows about level and they just kind of casually browse it. Yeah, I agree. Um. So I never used Flickr. So I used, uh, what was it called? I talked about this on one of my other shows. It's not Brick Shelf or Brick Set. Um, maybe it was Brick Set. Um, one of the old, it, but it was like pre-Flickr. Um, and then a lot of people. Brick Shelf. That's it. Was brick that Shelf. It? Yeah, Brick Shelf. That's Brick Shelf. I used that really a lot. Long. Yes. <laughs> 
because uh, it was okay. fun because it was just you could scroll through just catalogs of people. You searched what you liked. I loved Star Wars micro builds, so I would do that. And even through college, I just buy little bricks here and there and build it. Um, but uh, yeah, the community definitely has evolved into other things. Uh, I know everyone is very much based in Instagram and Flickr. People are still posting. I mean, I know you do. Uh, and I try to, when I have some builds done, but you're right. It is, it is different. And you've definitely seen some of those changes. Do you think overall the changes have been for the better or do you think it's kind of uh, a split? Well, I have mixed feelings on that. I, you know, definitely would, I guess I kind of aren't, I'm not nostalgic for the days when Flickr was really popular. I still think it's the best place to share your creations. Um, you know, I get the appeal of Instagram. It's, it's just a very popular social media platform. It's not just for like, oh, but just for, for people to use in general. That's why, you know, you're, you're able to get a lot of views there. Um, I kind of joined the Instagram train pretty late, I think back in 2018 or 2019 or so. And by then I was really kind of was in the dark age and, and I'm still in my dark age right now in terms of building, um, as, you know, until I finish all my, my medical training that is. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how that's going to change in the future, but, um, you know, as long as people are you know, still building, there's always going to be ways for people to interact with you and, and you'll see your creations no matter where you post them. Exactly. And it doesn't even have to be, you don't even have to post sometimes for me, some of my designs I, I like, but I'm not, you know, ready to show them off because I don't think they're good enough and that's okay. I think people need to realize mm -hmm. that, um, some designs can be for you. It doesn't have to be for everybody else. Sure, absolutely, yeah. Now, as you as you talked about, in you're in your dark age. Is it is it hard to see all the things going on with Lego uh, and kind of just kind of be out on the outside of the window looking in because you just there's other priorities. Yep, I think you summarized my feelings exactly. Kind of being on the uh, uh, outside the window looking in. And you know, kind of seeing what other people are doing when you don't have your uh, creation, uh, your collection with you. So right now, I'm living in New York, uh, New York City, and uh, you know, I don't have space for a like a collection here. So while I'm finishing up my fellowship, and until I get my, uh, I guess my kind of more so more or less permanent job, my collection is going to be sitting in my parents' house back in Texas. So I'm kind of really looking forward to the day when I have my own place. And when I can kind of re, uh, reset up everything and start building again, because, you know, over the years, there's been so many new pieces I'm dying to try out and uh, so many kind of new possibilities that come across to me that I want to explore and building. Um, I'm, you know, making a list of projects that I want to build and that list is only going to grow and grow. So, so it, it's a lot of pent up creativity, if you would say. So I'm kind of waiting for the day where I can uh, get back into building again. I, I'm definitely excited because some of your latest your latest builds and I mean they were in 2000 and let's see 18 19 were pull the last ones uh, are are just really fun um, the I really enjoy your uh, architectures uh, houses the chapel uh, the Spanish chapel is I love the purple what was an inspiration for that purple uh, I guess road, or is it just the ground is uh, it's just the purple? Is, it, it's just the ground that's purple. So for that one, um, I initially wanted to make a uh, you know the landscape 
be an unconventional color because usually people make their landscapes out of you know grid bricks. So I want to make mm -hmm. an interesting color. And then so I built the base first, but then I wasn't sure what I want to build on top of it. So I was for a while thinking about you know doing like an alien inspire, uh, you know like a techno you know alien uh, technological structure. But then I really couldn't think about how to go about doing that. And I ended up <laughs> doing something just more traditional, um, like a Spanish mission. And, you know, but I couldn't really find a unifying story of why you have a, you know, Spanish mission on a purple alien looking cutter, you know, landscape. And then I brought it to my uh, local, you know, Latvian, and then one of the, uh, the guys there says, hey, you know, it looks like a sunset. You know, when the sun sets in the desert, the landscape turns over. That's perfect. That's you know, so I just named it, you know, sunset at, you know, the gym or whatever. So that's kind of the, the reason. It definitely reminded me almost of a, like, flower petals. When I first saw it just from not zooming in or clicking on it, it just, I, lo I thought it was just like a, a purple flowered tree had left all the petals on the ground in this pattern. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And then, you know, you're right. You look at it, I'm like, oh, it's just instead of green he chose purple and it it just adds another layer which i think is really um unique to this to the build thanks and now like you have this kind of creative and out of the box ideas do you continue to kind of keep those ideas going in like a book or do you just think about them and you know think maybe one day and you continue on to the next idea yeah so uh, yeah i made a small list of things that i wanted to build and so let me just pull up that list and kind of see what are some of the things i wanted to uh to highlight so so i wanted to make um like a japanese rural landscape scene um you know i watched some anime recently you know, they have bright colors in them, of course. And uh, one of the things that appeal to me are the depiction of, you know, the Japanese rural countryside. And it's a really peaceful environment. And they use lots of vibrant colors. So I'm, you know, one of the first things I want to do when I get my collection back is to kind of try my hand at a uh, diorama depicting the Japanese rural countryside with bright colors and then, you know, plop a little convenience store there. And then uh, there's some other uh, ideas as well. Um, you know, I also dabble in some sci-fi. So, um, you know, Lego made, uh, you know, back in the day, or I guess still now, they, those, uh, you know, Technic ball pieces. And then uh, I think the, they're more known as like the Duplo balls. So you see them in the Technic sets and also in those sets as well. So they're about maybe uh, two inches in diameter. They make them in a variety of colors. I think my favorite is uh, teal. So I wanted to make a spaceship using uh, some of these balls as kind of like the engine course. So again, that's just kind of really more sci-fi stuff. Um, other things, uh, I want to you know, build a Chinese you know, New Year's thing because recently Lego has you know, released some Chinese New Year sets that really gave uh, us more pieces um, that are kind of suited for that. You know, I grew up in China for eight and a half years. So I, you know, I knew what the um, atmosphere was celebrating New Year's there. It's very festive and for me, nostalgic as well. So being able to recreate that with some of the modern Lego pieces would be uh, something that I look forward to as well. I was, the only thing I was disappointed with was that set was only in China and I, I love it. it it's just such a, well, both of them were, were such unique sets. Um, the Chinese restaurant. Um, and I was like, 
come on, Lego. Uh, and eventually they did come out and say, well, we realize that a lot of people like these will stop doing it. And I'm like, ah, oh, but it's a little too late. <laughs> I wish I could have got these instead of having, if I, I haven't bought them, but you, you'd pay an arm and a leg to get them now. Yeah, that's true. I, I missed out on that as well. I was, you know, waiting for the price to go down a little bit on Bricklink, but they never did. And then eventually they sold out. So I, I missed the train on that one as well. But uh, fortunately, it doesn't seem like we missed too much because the ones that were released, uh, the new ones were, in my opinion, a lot better. Um, and certainly the ones that were released initially were very good to begin with. Um, but then, you know, the ones that they released this year with the uh, uh, the tempo and you know the little food stands they really knocked it out of the park in my opinion and they all you know, they were all printed pieces as well um so no uh, no stickers <laughs> exactly no more stickers <laughs> uh which it, i guess it's hard depending on how long or how much production they decide on but um i know the printed parts are always the best to find in the lego set mm-hmm. well um you know I only had one really thing left to ask about because I've seen it on your Flickr and on Instagram a couple times. Um, it's your charity that you work with. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd really yeah. like to to talk about your Creations Charity. Yeah, so uh, the name of the charity is called Creations for Charity. This one, it, it, it began... Um, back in 2009 during the holiday season. So what we do is, you know, we um, uh, have Lego builders sell their custom creations to raise money and we use that money to buy Lego sets and donate them to uh, underprivileged children. And that idea came about back in 2009 when, you know, back in one of the forums that I used to visit, we uh, had an idea to just raise some money and uh, donate some Lego sets during the holidays because you know it's a good thing to do and uh, i was thinking well you know since we're all builders here why don't we try to utilize our talents and raise money that way so you know we instead of just donating money why don't we try to sell our creations and you know raise money through that way so we did that and then um you know we opened we let other anyone who wants to donate a creation participate and uh you know the, the, the rules are pretty simple you just you know back then tell us what you want to uh, what you want us to sell. And then we list it on the store. And then uh, when the buyer purchases it, then, you know, I send out a message to the donor and then say, hey, your questions are sold. Here's the address for the buyer. And then they will, the builder will ship it to the buyer directly. And then the money goes into our PayPal account. And then we use our money to buy Lego sets and we donate them to kids. And, uh, you know, over the years, we've, you know, donated sets for different countries in the U.S., Canada, uh, Mexico, Brazil, um, Croatia. We've done Hungary. And uh, we've done um, Australia and, uh, you know, just different various locations. So um, if you're wanting to check it out, our website is called creationsforcharity.org. We actually have a new website, um, you know, ready for this year. Uh, We're just kind of putting the finishing touches on it. And the charity fundraiser runs from October to the end of November each year. So anyone can uh, donate a creation. All you have to do is fill out a donation form, which is on the website, and then just kind of give us a picture of your creation, uh, tell us a little bit about it, and then, uh, you know, we'll list it on our store. And then when the creation sells, then we'll send you an email and say, you know, here's the buyer's address, and then here's where you can ship it. And then, um, you know, it's, it's a very easy process. That's such a unique idea because it's not just, you know, having somebody constantly buy a set, but 
it gives you the funds to buy other sets and continue to grow and grow and grow on this. And how, how long have you been uh, running this charity? Well, let's see. So this will be, uh, I think, our 11th or 12th year of, of, uh, of doing the uh, fundraiser. So our first one was in 2009. So, you know, you can do the math. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> we've done it for over a decade. And, uh, but it's, you know, it's, you know, we're, we are officially, you know, 501c nonprofit organization, but, you know, our, our scales of operation are still pretty small. So, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of doing a lot of the work on my own. I have, um, you know, helpers who, um, you know, help with the website. And then, we, of course, I have my, uh, you know, volunteers, uh, the distributors in the various locations that we donate things to. So we're all, all of us are not, um, are volunteers. So um, none of us get paid for for doing this. So all the sets, um, all the money that we raise simply go towards our expenses in terms of, you know, up, uh, upkeep of the website and, uh, you know, reimbursement for shipping costs, et cetera. And the rest of it goes completely towards uh, buying sets. And, you know, our, our uh, distributors, <laughs> they, they, you know, they're all Lego fans. So, so, you know, many of them know where to get Lego sets for cheap. So we end up getting, you know, so for example, you know, I, if I give, one of our distributors, you know, a thousand bucks, they may buy like, you know, $1,500 worth of like a presentation just buy things on discount, you know, where to get things on discount, for example. So we always end up, you know, getting more for our bank, uh, more bank for our buck and having more sets to donate for the kids in the end. Well, that's great. And it, that's always a wonderful cause. Um, it, it looks like you've raised a good bit of money over the years, which is, uh, which is great, especially for those kids to, you know, Get some Lego sets that they weren't able to before. Um, and uh, I, I definitely applaud you. And definitely for anyone listening that is interested, uh, if uh, you'd like to donate, I think that would be a great cause to uh, to help out in. Uh, and I'll put the link definitely in the show notes for people as well. Um, but in, in a, I guess in closing, as we've talked about with Lego throughout this interview, we we really dove into, you know, you've been in the community a while now, um, definitely seen it grow and change. What, how do you think Lego has changed your life? Well, it's, uh, you know, I would say it really created an identity for me, um, especially back in college, I think, you know, back in college when everyone was kind of, you know, finally figuring out what they want to do, kind of what they're good at, you know, who they want to be, et cetera. I think Lego really had a, you know, positive influence for me back then. It really, you know, gave me a unique hobby that I was proud of, something that I, you know, enjoy spending time with and, uh, you know, something that I can talk about, you know, people like you and uh, with anyone who's curious to ask. So I think, you know, Lego is one of the best hobbies out there. Uh, certainly, you know, it's a hobby for everyone. And, uh, you know, as you can see from the sets that Lego has put out, you know, you can, for kids and for adults alike, that they really realize that this is a, a pretty, uh, you know, diverse hobby that anyone can partake in. And there's so many things you can build. And it really truly is a, a great medium. And, uh, you know, anyone can do it. Like you said, adults, kids, it's, it's just a great thing to be a part of a hobby. Also, like some people, a career, if you're really interested in doing something like that. And I uh, I always say that it's it's a great way to be creative and really get the imagination going because you should never lose that. And unfortunately, a lot of people do. 
<laughs> well, they may just, you know, go on to other things as well. So, um, you know, there's many things out there besides Lego, but I think at the end of the day, um, you know, I think I will always come back to Lego. Um, it's just one of these, I've definitely, you know, that was with, with other hobbies, uh, you know, throughout my time since college. But I think in the end, I've always come back to Lego one way or another. It just, you know, it's, it's got such a, a strong resonance with my, um, you know, my creativity, things I want to do, et cetera. So I think, you know, everyone can find their own, own, own niche and find their own hobbies. But for me, it's definitely Lego. Uh, I'm the same way. Uh, <laughs> Lego will always be a part <laughs> of my life. And exactly. That is exactly why we're here. Um, and, you know, each, each, their, each, uh, to each their own. Um, because you're right. It isn't always just about, uh, you know, the Lego or whatever you grew up with, find your own creativity, do your own thing and keep the imagination going. Um, and, uh, Nanan, I, I thank you again for coming on. This was really fun. Um, and, uh, I, I really appreciate your time as always. Um, and your builds are stunning and I can't wait until you're able to come back and build some more. I understand medical school is a little hard uh, and uh, definitely your fellowships and uh, continue on into your residencies um, and good luck. Uh, I hope everything goes smoothly and uh, you continue to enjoy your time. Well, thanks for having me, Garrett. And I uh, really appreciate being on the show and talking about the hobby I like. So I think it's a great thing that you're doing and uh, interviewing all these builders out there. And it's great to hear what others have to share about, you know, what inspires them uh, within the meme. So hopefully, you know, the listeners out there, you know, take some inspiration and build something. Cause that's the best thing you can do with Lego. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I'm, it's fun to hear, you know, the behind the scenes and understand where people got their ideas and where they came from in the Lego community. And for those that are just starting or just interested in Lego, it's, it's a good kind of viewport into our, our little world. Uh, <laughs> um, but again, I, I wanted to thank you for your time and uh, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and you're always welcome back on this podcast if you ever so choose. It's my pleasure. Thanks. If you enjoyed the interviews, please stick around and subscribe. We have more interviews coming. Subscribe. Leave us a comment. Comments are really helpful so that other people can see the podcast and get interested in them. I'll leave you as I always do. Get creative, get out there, and go build something.